I think I'm um, I'm very loving. I'm very loyal. Uh, I think I'm intelligent. <laughs> I think I certainly feel that I'm uh, have been misportrayed in the past year, and unfairly so. Over a lifetime, all of us change to an extraordinary degree. From a physical perspective, we start off as a little bundle about 50 centimeters high with cherubic features and elastic soft skin. I want you to understand that, ask yourself at all times, what's the reason you're doing or trying to do a same thing you do what you do? Why go this far? Why try to learn this much? Why go this far? intervening period, every single cell in our body will have been replaced, often many times over. So think about it, you laugh, you think, and you cry. That's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week. You will have gone through all kinds of experiences that perhaps leave almost no trace in memory. Remember, if you think you are broken, you are And remember, there's no such thing as bad luck, only lost opportunities. We carry the same name throughout our lives and consider ourselves as a relatively stable, unitary entity. But is it really right to think of ourselves as the same person? Why try to see it all? Why try to have it all? Why do it? Why learn it? Stay angry. Stay English. A standard assumption is that it's our body that guarantees our personal identity. If you think you are inadequate, you are. Now the campaign process all this information. Let me introduce you to yourself. I waited a long time to be able to express to the country how very sorry I am for my part in this past year's ordeal. And um, of course, I've, I've apologized in private to my family and to my friends, but I would like to publicly acknowledge that I, I recognize the pain and the suffering that they've gone through because of this. But I would ask them to know that I am very sorry for what happened and for what they've been through. It took me a while, actually, to, to come to a place where I could see what was my fault, what did I need to take responsibility for, and what were other people's faults and responsibilities. Yes. Andy came into my life at um, in a very during a very difficult period for me. I was um, have always had issues with my weight. That is not a secret to anybody now. And growing up in Beverly Hills, having a weight problem was just not acceptable. And Andy brought to my life um, a feeling of beauty and sensuality and being wanted and being comfortable with myself. He brought me something, I think, which is a big part of who I am today, which is, for me, and I know it's funny, but it's being comfortable with my sensuality. So, um, first, I hope I never will have, I know I never will have an affair with a married man again. Um, I have to pray about that. But clearly, to me, what I've come to see is that that happened because I didn't have enough feelings of self-worth so that I didn't feel that um, I was worthy of being number one to a man. And um, 
and I was looking to get away from Andy in Portland, and it um, it was a good opportunity. I thought it would be intriguing. The um, the the first time I saw him was at an arrival ceremony. I mean, my, my breath was taken away. I mean, he sort of stepped out onto the, the platform, and it was this man who was full of energy and sensuality and attractiveness. And from that moment on, the few occasions when I saw him at departure ceremonies or whatnot, there was, um, there was intense eye contact. <laughs> This was his birthday party in August of 95. When I found out we were gonna be able to go to this birthday party, I'd gone home and put my lucky green suit back on, which I had had the day before, and I thought, well, maybe he'll recognize me again. And it was, there was an excitement about it. It was, um, it was fun. I'm sure as you know, and everybody who has ever been in any situation where there's flirtation, it's, it's a dance. And it's sort of one person does something and then do you meet that person and raise the stakes? And that was how our flirtation relationship was progressing. It was a very, I know that it sort of has been, been highlighted in everything in this past year. And I'm not gonna demonstrate for you, but I will, if you take my word for it, it was a small, subtle, flirtatious gesture. And that's me. <laughs> I think it was saying, I'm interested too. I'll play. Well, when I first found myself alone with him, I was, um, I was very nervous and uh, we were having small talk. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, this is it. If, if this is going to happen, I mean, maybe you should let him know you're interested. So I, so I blurted out, you know, I have a crush on you. He's a good kisser. <laughs> this may be hard for people to um, hear or accept. I've said it before, I thought he was my sexual soulmate. And there was, I think when you allow yourself to open up that way, things happen. Gosh, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but um, I think he is a... Um, I think he's a very sensual man who has a lot of um, sensual feelings, and I think he also has a very strong religious upbringing. And I think that he struggles to, I think he struggles with his sensuality because I don't think he thinks it's okay. And then I think he tries to hold himself back and then can't anymore. And it was certainly a very, I mean, it's an intimate topic. Um, there was a level of excitement about that. Um, excitement and maybe a little bit of danger that was involved in this relationship. And to, to pretend that there wasn't. I, I think he unbuttoned his shirt. And um, it, was, it was one of the more endearing moments that I, that I had with him. I mean, I, I sort of, he was just all of a sudden became very real and very human. Yes, he was, he was very, um, very understanding and very sweet about it. And I think because he knew 
um, I was so conscious of it. He would make an effort to say to me, oh, you look like you've lost weight or you look skinny today or something like that. It was, it, it was sweet. They've not been true, but sweet. <laughs> oh, he, um, everyone would probably find it hard to believe he started to, uh, to tear up and told me that he never wanted me to think that um, and that that's not what this relationship was about. He said that I, I had a lot of energy and that I lit up a room when I walked in and he was drawn to my energy and he thought I was attractive um, and he thought I was smart. Now with everything that's happened, it I feel bad that I didn't, but I didn't at that time. I was enamored with him and I was excited and I was enjoying it. I had had a relationship with a married man before and I knew the rules. So yes, <laughs> no, I was able to, in my mind say, we didn't have a sexual relationship because we didn't have intercourse, but that it was a, in, in, in a sort of loose way, it was a sexual relationship. Um, he said that um, he, at first he said that he needed to be able to trust me more and um, that then over time it was him not wanting to get addicted to me, his words. <laughs> So um, I think that I came to see him more as a man. You know, I didn't know that at the time. I came to learn that um, in this past year. Um, I guess a mix of the two. I, clearly, I guess it's something he gave to people that meant something to him, but at the same time, it takes away the genuineness of the gesture. It's a uh, way of being intimate over the phone when you can't be intimate in person, physically intimate. Oh gosh, I'm talking about um, that's so embarrassing. Um, what what we would do if we could be with each other at that time. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> he said that um, he wished he had more time for me. And I said, well, maybe in three years you might when he doesn't have such a um, overwhelming job. And he said, well, I, I might be alone in three years. And I was a little, I was very stunned to hear him say that. Hey, Petey, have you heard about this new podcast, Public Access America? You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, and even the Stitcher Smart Radio app. It's so cool. Not good enough. But are you a German spy? Because that sounds like technology. It's like that new thing, the radio, or a newspaper for your ears. You can even follow their production company, Jar Codes, on Twitter or Facebook and find all new episodes posted every day. Oh, that's cool. I don't care nothing about no planes, but I gotta hear the latest episode of Public Access.
Access America now! Oh, watch the bomb! You can even go to their YouTube channel at Public Access America and find great videos from our time! It's so cool! Go check out Public Access America! Good evening. This afternoon in this room, from this chair, I testified before the Office of Independent Counsel and the Grand Jury. I answered their questions truthfully, including questions about my private life, questions no American citizen would ever want to answer. Still, I must take complete responsibility for all my actions, both public and private. And that is why I am speaking to you tonight. As you know, in a deposition in January, I was asked questions about my relationship with Monica Lewinsky. While my answers were legally accurate, I did not volunteer information. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. But I told the grand jury today, and I say to you now, that at no time did I ask anyone to lie, to hide or destroy evidence, or to take any other unlawful action. I know that my public comments and my silence about this matter gave a false impression. I misled people, including even my wife. I deeply regret that. I can only tell you I was motivated by many factors. First, by a desire to protect myself from the embarrassment of my own conduct. I was also very concerned about protecting my family. The fact that these questions were being asked in a politically inspired lawsuit, which has since been dismissed, was a consideration too. In addition, I had real and serious concerns about an independent counsel investigation that began with private business dealings 20 years ago. Dealings, I might add, about which an independent federal agency found no evidence of any wrongdoing by me or my wife over two years ago. The independent counsel investigation moved on to my staff and friends, then into my private life, and now the investigation itself is under investigation. This has gone on too long cost too much, and hurt too many innocent people. Now this matter is between me, the two people I love most, my wife and our daughter, and our God. I must put it right, and I am prepared to do whatever it takes to do so. Nothing is more important to me personally, but it is private. And I intend to reclaim my family life for my family. It's nobody's business but ours. Even presidents have private lives. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.